0: In April of 2016, a TV show named Winona Earp debuted in the U.S. and Canada. Shortly thereafter, a fandom was born. And not just any fandom, and not just any fans. These fans call themselves Earpers. Welcome to This Earper Life, a podcast about the stories behind the fandom. I'm Anne. And I'm Kat. We're both Earpers,
1: and we both wanted to know more about the show and fandom we love. Each week, we take a closer look at the stories behind a show and the fandom that celebrates it.
0: How do we get here? So, I think the biggest thing was as a new ERPER, I had found myself binging on Winona Earp and and just loving it. And once I was done with all the episodes that were available to me at the time, and I was waiting for season four, I I found myself just like searching for as much Winona Earp content as I could find, and I was just hungry for it. I had to have it all, and I started watching interviews and panels and reading interviews. And then through the panels, I discovered that Twitter was where all the ERPers hung out, right? The cast, the crew, everything was going on on Twitter. And then I started following the cast and crew and other ERPers, which led me to more content. And in one of the panels I was watching, Dom became super emotional and was talking about how her dad had said that, you know, the cameras are pointing the wrong way. They're in the wrong direction. And the story is really with the urpers and the fandom that just really kind of stuck with me. And I just put it in the back of my memory, but then I heard it again and I heard it in one of the first cons that I attended, which because of COVID was a virtual con and it was Kat saying it this time. And we were in a chat group. I think there was like 30 people in the call. She had said something similar that, you know, the real story is with the urpers with the fandom. At some point in that time frame, I started a podcast called Why Not, which is a Why known ARP fangirl podcast. And that's when I found your podcast, Cat. She nerds out. I found that because I was Googling Cat uh, Burrell interviews and uh, you guys had done such a great interview. It's still one of my favorite Cat Burrell interviews. And then I reached out to you in your DMs just saying like, hey... I just started a podcast too. Found you through your Cat interview. Love it. And then from there, we just started like DMing back and forth, chit-chatting about podcasting and just kind of started a, a friendship and dare I say, mutual admiration. And we were all fans of each other's podcast and we would chat about the show and podcasting and, and things like that. And I just loved hearing the stories about the cast and the crew and the fans and all their experiences. And I just, I wanted to learn everything I could about everything that orbited Winona herb. And I wanted to document it in some way. And I kept thinking back to that whole, you know, someone should make a documentary about this. And this is what Kat had said, what Dom had said. And then one day on a panel, I heard Emily Andrus say, in between one of her famous quotes, which one of her, not quotes, but one of her words of advice was, um, always shave with conditioner. That was one of her words of advice. Uh, and then another thing she said was say yes and figure it out later. And that was the day I was like, you know what, like what, where's the risk? I'm just going to, I'm going to DM Kat. She seems like someone who has it together and, uh, see what she thinks about this idea. And I said, uh, someone needs to do a documentary about the fandom and I think it should be us. And then I was shocked because you actually replied. (laughs)
1: Well, and it's funny because I remember when I remember reading that that DM and it was just like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we should totally do that. What's wrong with us? <laughs> and I'd never met you. I didn't know who you. I mean, yeah, we we dm back and forth, and we had a lot in common. But it was like, yeah, someone should. And well, I want to be part of that. I don't want her to do it without me. <laughs> so, I got nothing else going on.
0: Yeah, right. Just
1: a <laughs> couple podcasts. <laughs> So, yeah, so we met for the first time via Zoom. Hi. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me?
0: <gasps> we can hear each other. This is
2: good. <laughs> it's it's a success so far, so good.
0: Two people who should know what they're doing. You would think. Eternally questioning that
1: they know what they're doing. <laughs> well, that's always the first question. It's like, okay, can you hear me? This is
0: the exact setup. And I that used went pretty well. With I feel like we cat,
1: hit it off. Uh, Video. And yes, uh, uh about an hour into us, we were just kind of chatting and we both had, you know, we were sw- uh, swapping our cat Braille stories. And I was, I I pitched to you, I was like, you know what, maybe this should just be a podcast because that's what we're good at. Right. And you let that kind of sink in for a second. And you're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's like, okay, that was, whew, okay, we're on the same page. We're on the same page.
0: <laughs> well, I think, too, we, we had... You know, we did bounce the idea around for a while. We're like, okay, what are our strengths? What do we have access to? Yeah. Um, but then also this was like, we were knee deep into COVID. So it was like, we can't really travel anywhere. How are we going to get stories budget? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And the more, the more we talked about it, the more it was like, yeah, this could totally work.
1: And then we started throwing around ideas
0: for different topics. Which was very easy. Those those came like magic. We have a a very long list. We have a huge list. (laughs) A very um, lofty list. (laughs) We're really shooting (laughs) shooting high.
1: We are. And very quickly, very early in that conversation of ideas, the music popped up and it was definitely an episode that we could, we could start working on immediately. And yeah, it was like very, you know, obviously we could talk to the artist and we got to talk to Andrea. We got to talk to the music supervisor.
0: I think for me, because I had been doing so many rewatches just for my other podcast that it was like, the more I listened to it, the more the music was just really resonating with me. And I was like, how, how does this magic even happen? And then, um, you know, of course you research as you do. And Andrea's name came up and I was like, how does she do this? I just, I need to know how she does everything. I just want to pick her brain. So yeah, here
1: we are. The first episode of This Herb Life, the music of Winona Earp.
0: So I think what I was really finding in looking into music and memory and, and why do these scenes affect us the way they do? Why do some of these scenes stand out more than other scenes for us. And really what I was finding was that these musical moments, they're important to us because in a sense, they, they establish the relationship with what we as the viewers are seeing and what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. So like in this last episode, when Rachel who's played by Martina, she, you know, she gets up there and she's like, I didn't know what to get you. So this is what I got you. And she grabs the microphone and, um, And she's about to sing. We're all excited because it's like, okay, you know, Rachel's going to sing. We were all kind of hoping this would happen. So we're already moved just by that action alone. And we're touched and we're excited, but she hasn't even started singing yet.
3: But This is about Waverly and Nicole. I didn't know what to get you guys. So I got you this. I'm wide-eyed and it's midnight.
0: But as soon as those notes start playing and we know that it's that song, then immediately the whole, the whole scene changes, right? The whole memory, mm. the whole mood, everything just, just changes because the song that she was singing had this deep musical memory already attached to it. Mm. And I don't think that scene would have been exactly the same. If we didn't already have, it was like, it just took us back to that time. Right. And what I was finding too, is that, you know, what is that connection? And some of the reasons that these scenes stick with us are partially due to this connection that the brain makes with music. And Mm -hmm. it has to have these, these three elements, this trio of elements. It has to have that in order for the emotions to become embedded experiences in the brain. And then they Mm -hmm. turn into memories. So uh, to quote Dr. Nikki Reichert, uh, an academic director at Western Sydney University, she says that you need to have an event, an emotion, and a song. And what happens is those three things get bound together in part of the brain that's called the medial prefrontal cortex. So when someone hears that music later on, it becomes like on the tip of your tongue, and you can then recall a memory that's there hmm. because of the sound that helps bring it to the front of your mind. You know, music is more than just the mood. It's actually affecting your brain in some way.
1: Right. It's like rewiring your brain. Yeah. Interesting. And you're right. It's, I mean, that Rachel singing at the wedding scene is such a good example of that because, yeah, it, like you're saying it, as soon as you hear that song, it's the scene all of a sudden taps into all the other emotions that we as fans associate with that scene, the original scene. Right in season one and it, it is interesting that you know we've the, all the songs that we've chosen to talk about happen to be way hot scenes no coincidence i'm sure and so you know yeah i guess it's just there's something about uh, when it works when the scene is right and the song is perfect it's magic
4: my name is andrea higgins and i'm the music supervisor on winona earth as a music supervisor, I'm in charge of all, supervising all aspects um, of the music on the show really. Um, so that involves finding songs for the series, licensing them, negotiating all the, the rights with the uh, rights holders, um, any kind of coordination of on screen performances. So for example, Um, Jan Arden's appearing on the show and she's singing a song on her guitar. What is that song? And, you know, clearing the rights to that song before they film. Or, you know, Dom singing a Christmas song to uh, Nicole. And it's part of the conversation of what is that song going to be? And clearing the rights to it, helping creatively find the right fit. Um, and also I work very closely with the composers who write original score. And so it's, it's part creative, it's part um, administration and contracts and deals, and it's part technical. So music editing to picture and just delivering the files to set or to the final sound mix.
1: My guess is that, that this process begins at the script level with you. A script is delivered to you. What what then is your process from there?
4: Yeah, I'm involved at script stage. I read everything. I make notes. I'm scanning for any music moments and I, you know, spreadsheet everything. And I kind of just decipher what is post-production. So I don't need to deal with it until later or what needs to be dealt with right now, which is there's an on-screen performance. When is that filming how much time do we have between receiving the script and when it goes to camera um what is required is there a character singing is there musical accompaniment discussing just the vision with emily well the martina thing for example which just happened in the finale i think i got the script and a message from emily on the same day saying here's the deal Martina's going to be singing a song. It needs to be amazing. And let's talk about it. And I think I actually I received sometimes I received those emails from Emily before a script even shows up. That scene in particular definitely came up early on. So we had time to to think
1: about it. So when you say that that Emily sent you an email at the same time as you getting the script, can you tell us was that song specifically scripted or was that something you and Emily kind of came to together? No,
4: uh, we came to it together at first. Yeah, I received an email from Emily just saying, I want a big song for the finale. And Martina's going to sing. She has this amazing voice. I really want to showcase that. And here's a few ideas of what I was thinking it could be, but kind of like, what do you think? And I was like, okay, that's interesting. How do I deliver that based on what she had given me? How do I execute the thing she's giving to me? And then also, since she asked, what do you think? <laughs> I was like, okay, what do I think? Well, and I didn't even know if this, was a, if this was a wedding at all. I was kind of like, is this for a wedding scene? Like, I didn't know. Or at least I hadn't received the script yet, so I didn't know for sure. And I thought, okay, it must be, she's got to be performing in the wedding. And I thought, okay, if it is the wedding what realistically would she be singing? What would she sing at this wedding? And obviously it could have been any song, but I thought, what is a song that would be meaningful to Wayhot? And it sh- I thought, what if it was a song that we all as a fan base recognize? And I thought the first song they kissed to was so special. Like what would that, could that be the song? <laughs> and obviously it's like synthy and kind of upbeat, and I thought, well, what if we um, stripped it back and just kept it really intimate? What would that sound like? I could picture it in my head. Sometimes pitching that as an idea can be tricky. Like if you can't picture it, it's kind of like, I don't know, would that work? And I happened to find Flurry had a version, um, an acoustic version, where she just played it stripped down at the piano online. And I thought, oh yeah, this is what she should do. And so I just sent the link to Emily. I was like, these are all amazing ideas. What, what if we try, what about this? She was like, yes. We decided on it pretty quickly. We had a, f- a few different ideas of how we could approach it. Um, but ultimately, yeah, that's, that's what she
1: chose. So let's talk about your involvement with Winona Herb. How did you first get involved with the show? Were you approached or did you kind of submit your name? How how did your relationship with the show begin?
4: I've worked with 724 Films at that point um, for about 10 years. I've worked with them on another series called Heartland. Um, So we have a relationship. And when I read that they were doing a new show and when I read what it was, I just thought, this sounds really cool it sounds like you guys re- need a really cool soundtrack <laughs> and and um uh but you know some shows don't have a you know soundtrack but i thought okay i know I, I knew i wanted to be involved obviously and so i'd reached out just saying like i read this is happening uh keep me in mind wink wink you know i think we can make it really awesome and they were like you know um they're amazing 724 films and um yeah, it kind of, um, you know, when things get greenlit versus when things actually get made, there's a significant amount of time between then. One day they call and they're like, okay, let's have you meet Emily. If, if that goes well, let's, let's do this kind of thing. And so that's kind of how it came to be. Um, and I met Emily and obviously she was amazing. And um, yeah, I was just really excited to be part of part of the series, but also just we had a good creative connection and that's a big part. I mean, personalities and people. It's about people <laughs> clicking that makes it, you know, fun. And I think is part of the success of a show, just all different departments clicking and gelling together.
1: When you heard what the show was going to be, what about that appealed to you? What made you think, wow, that sounds really cool?
4: I think at the time, it just felt like creatively a little something different for me. Um, I knew I just knew what it was. I knew what the soundtrack was going to be. I knew the music I could pitch. Um, I knew it could be super dead cool. Like I just, and it was different from anything that I had been working on at that point. Um, So just creatively, I was really excited to just um, go down this road. Um, And when I had that first call with Emily and kind of the get to know you, what do you want the show to sound like? What is your version of the show? Um, Because that's, I have my ideas going into it, but it's really like, what is the show that you want to make? Because that's my job to execute that. Um, And immediately some of the bands that she was, bands and songs that she was um, referencing, I was like, yeah, I get it. I got you. Let's do this. So that was really fun. It was just from day one. It was so much fun creatively. And it, you know, we have our challenges. We have our uh, moments of like, oh, what are we going to (laughs) do? But because it's such a, a great team, I feel like we're just really good at communicating and figuring things out and problem solving. And it's just fun. You know, even if there's, I call them like fun debates, right? Because there's Emily, there's our producers, And music is so subjective. And sometimes maybe Emily will feel one way about a song and producers might feel a different way about that song. And it's, I find it fun and healthy to have debates about like why we love or don't love something, where we need to go. I love this because, you know, and having like fun debates over it. Sometimes those conversations are, can be not fun. But this show, it, not in this show. It can be very stressful, <laughs> especially when it's like, oh, we need to be done like in an hour. It's like, ah.
5: <laughs> what do you
4: mean? Back to the drawing board. <laughs> but yeah, no, this show it's it's I, I can't I can't say enough. Like it's just fun. Our meetings are fun, even when there's a challenge, it's like, okay, let's figure it out.
1: What type of song is a Winona Earp song?
4: It's funny, there's different Winona Earp definitely has A sound. Her character, Winona's character, has a very specific sound, which is it has swagger. It's dusty. It's badass. It's gritty. It's driving. It's there's weight. There's a there is some level of like there's a bit of a tension, but also a bit of a wink. You know what I mean? There's certain artists in my head that I always reference, and The Kills is one of them. I love The Kills, Alison Mosshart to me like as soon as I read Wine on Herb I was like this is the show. Kind of like a a garagey twangy Americana-ish but not too much, you know. Um I feel like that's that's her sound. But Waverly has a sound, it's a little more sweet, it's a little more poppy and bubbly and breathy. Way Hot definitely has a sound that's just really like tender, sexy and sweet, romantic, but not too gushy. Like it's still, you know, it's cool. Um, Doc has a sound, the different bars have sounds like Shorty's has a sound. Shorty's when it was taken over by Revenants had a sound. Pussy Willows definitely has a sound, (laughs) you know. Glory Hole has a sound. The glory hole was so fun. It was like Depeche Mode, 80s New Wave, Beats was a bit darker. That was really fun.
0: I love hearing you describe each character and scene. They
4: all have their own sonic landscape. And every season, kind of like how do you build the world? That's kind of what I'm doing every season. I'm building I'm building a sonic le- e- even before script stage and even during seasons. Like people are always sending me music and I just file it. And for this show, not every show, but this specific show, I find it very organized by character. I find that's how it works for me on this particular series, um, where other series can be organized more by genre or like tempo. You know, like ballad, mid tempo, of te- like just really kind of basic organization. But this show. I just organize it all by character because I feel like they all have a very distinct sound.
0: So, what I'm watching and hearing you talk about, um, you know, putting music together for this show is—is is this the same way you think you would speak about another show? You seem to be very like you know these characters. You seem yeah. to really like have this connection with them. This show is
4: is very unique and special to me. I put my whole heart into everything I do. So I don't want to say other shows aren't as special to me because they certainly are. There's a show that I work on now I've worked on, I'm going on 15 years and it's, it's so special to me, but in a, in a different way. I don't know. Like Emily says, it's lightning in a bottle. It's felt like that since day one. And like any project, it comes with challenges, but I just feel like take it as it comes and you figure it out. Kind of like life right it's like something happens you're like oh no how do I do what do I do what do I do and you just you're like just take a breath and just figure it out this is a safe space and yeah I don't know this show's super special I think the fan base has made it extra special I mean the, this the the crew and the cast and you know Emily and the producers they're just amazing people to work with I can't like stress it enough it's it's an amazing dream team. The post-production crew, the sound crew, whom I mainly work with on a day-to-day basis, like, just awesome. Everyone, I feel like, really uh, has each other's back and is, you know, just has the show's best interest at heart. Everyone is putting their whole heart into this thing because it's it's just great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the fan base makes this extra special. I feel like I've made pals, like lifelong pals from this show and really interesting, awesome relationships and some really deep connections, which is wild because it's like, it's a TV show that I work on. I've worked on TV shows for 20 years. This has never happened. So yeah, it's, it's really special. And I just feel like even if it's the end, it doesn't matter because I feel like we've made lifelong connections.
1: So let's start talking about some songs. Tell That Devil, obviously, is uh, is the the um, opening title song. What was the search for that song like to, to find the, the, you know, essentially the anthem of this show? What was that process like?
4: You don't know it's going to be an anthem, right? It's just like, okay, a theme song, right? Um, it can be anthemic. Uh, we certainly want it to be anthemic, right? Like, and I feel like in... Ugh, Especially recently, a lot of the art of the theme song has gone away in a lot of ways. Like there was a chunk of time where it was like the hot thing. Like you want a song playing over your opening, you know, minute and a half opening credit sequence. And then I found a trend of uh, title sequences just being like five, five seconds, like just a card. And it's like a ding, like a sting. So I kind of assumed that's where we were going which I think would have been kind of a bummer, but they're like, no, no, no. We want a song. And those meetings were fun too. Cause it was like, also, I didn't know what the images were going to look like. So it was kind of like, it's a fun challenge. Cause it's like, yes, we're going to license the song for the theme song. But what does it look like? What is it? What's the vibe? What's the tone? Is there anything I can go off of? Not really, but we had, so I was like, we need a phone call. No, we had these great phone calls with all the producers and Emily and I remember there was a lot of people on that phone call near the beginning, and I don't know. I remember it just being really like we wanted it to be, you know, driving. Um, I'm trying to remember because it was like five years ago. Um, yeah, I think it just needed to be like driving, dusty, edgy. Um, it had needed some swagger.
1: Singer-songwriter Jill Andrews.
4: So I just had been writing for a publishing
3: company, and um, we had written a song. I'd I'd gotten together with these two guys, um, Emery Dobbins and Matthew Mayfield, one day. We were just playing around, you know. We were writing a song, and um, Matthew was playing this really cool, like swampy-sounding acoustic guitar part. And he was
4: like, oh, that's really cool. I remember there was someone on the call. I was like, Oh, it'd be great if there was some kind of word in it, like gun or like devil. And, you know,
3: sometimes, sometimes lyrics and melodies come to you easier than others. But that day in particular, um, after we had just walked down to the corner gas station and gotten a six pack of beer, um, (laughs) uh, things were coming pretty smoothly, honestly. (laughs) So, I just was like, I don't know it. It felt it felt like the lyrics, so that that were eventually written. So I just I I remember immediately kind of being like, da, 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 you know, and just like, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, yeah, that's cool. That's really
4: cool. I reached out to a trusted colleague at a publishing company, and I was like, we're doing this new show. This is the kind of thing we're looking for. These are the kind of like references. Put some ideas together and send them to me from your catalog. Um, Because I knew they had some, they represent, represented some really great writers. And so they sent me a playlist of like, I don't know, 10 or 12 songs. And it was kind of like, uh-huh, 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 (laughs) uh-huh. Bingo! I just heard as soon as the first like three seconds came in, and I was like, "This is the song. This is the song. This is the winner. We are done. The search is over. We are done." In my gut, in my heart of hearts, I was like, "This is it!" And I just kept playing it on repeat. There's, this is it. This is the song. But I was also a little like, I knew that they wanted something maybe a little more recognizable. And anyway, so I'd I just I don't know I I just knew I felt like this was it. But I can't just send one idea. I had to send a bunch of ideas. And so honestly, I was like having not seen the images. Like I I don't know. I could be totally wrong. But I sent it off, and yeah, it just everyone seemed to gravitate towards it, um, and but no final decisions were made. It was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, this is okay. Feeling this one. Um, that was Emily's favorite. I certainly remember that. And then they just kind of circulated it. And from what I hear, everyone they circulated it to just seemed to have the same response. Like, oh yeah, this sounds like the show. Yeah, this is great. That was the song. <laughs> but then it was like, can, okay, can we do the deal? Right? It's like, there's so many layers. It's like creative. Yes. Get everyone on board. Check. Can we do the deal? Part of my job is like, I need to know we can do the deal before I even present the idea because it's just like, why get everyone excited about something and then go, oh, sorry. (laughs) That's not how I roll. So, yeah, that's kind of how it came together. And we reached out to Jill's team and she has a couple of co-writers. So it was just like, let's make sure everyone's on board. And it really came Together, uh, we tried some music edits against picture, and then we sent it to the. It's just a whole process, right? Like then the images for the opening title sequence were being created with the music, so that was kind of cool. And then the whole post production process of in the mix, like adding the gun sound, and I remember sitting there listening to like the gun for like an afternoon. It was fun, but it sounded awesome. Like, louder, make it louder. That was, um, yeah, that was, I think that was Jordy's idea. One of the producers He was like, what if we added a gun at the end? Take
1: you back.
4: And then it was really, really exciting to do the callback to the song in season three, um, the acoustic version. That was really special. I, it's interesting, that was Emily's idea too, when, yeah, the episode where we find out about dolls. Yeah, that was a last minute creative call too. We were basically finished the episode. We had mixed it. It's Like great, you know, great job guys. You know, another episode in the can. And Emily turns around, she's like, I have an idea. <laughs> What if we change the theme song for one episode and it's "Tell That Devil," but it's sad? That is an amazing idea. Or no, there was different ideas. We were um, we were talking about maybe having it played on like a cello, or like have having Rob like score a version. But yeah, there was. She was like, "But what if we had Jill make a sad cover?" And I was like, "This is an amazing idea." How much time do I have? (laughs) He's like, you have like twenty-four hours. I'm like, okay, let me go make a phone call. And it was just like, okay, let's just. I don't know if I can pull this off, but I am certainly going to try. And so, yeah, like Jill was game. She did it. She fired it off in like, oh my
3: gosh, she did that in like a day. As a as an artist, when you get a request to do something like that, you just don't have a choice. I, it's not like I was going to say no, you know, I was the only one who could really fulfill that, you know, because it was it was me singing the original one. It was like, you know, I I had written it. There was a lot of heart and soul into it. I mean, I guess they could have gotten like Katy Perry to do it, but <laughs> but it just wouldn't have been the same. So I was like, OK, I got to do it no matter what I have going on. Honestly, I did a lot of it myself. I recorded a, um Yeah, I played guitar and I sang and then I had one of my friends, Lucas Morton, he played keys on it. I think he sang some harmony and he mixed it and it was done.
4: I mean, it was like really, really quick. I think it was a Friday this came up and we had until Monday. And yeah, so she pulled it together and it was also that like bit of stress of like,
2: oh, what if we don't
4: like it? What if it and it's like not working and in my head not out loud just like there is always a what if but I I chose optimism was like Jill's gonna knock it out of the park and she did it came back and I pressed play and just I was speechless like I was just it was so good till that devil it was like she did the whole song it was like oh gosh now we have to edit it into the 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 30 second intro and then it was like we have to use the whole song somewhere i don't know where and emily was like i know where so um yeah bringing it back in in 12 was like oh my gosh it was just gutting it was just oh my gosh so that was that just it was so exciting that happened, and I couldn't wait for everyone to see it. It's just, it was so beautiful and heartbreaking. When a song can do that, is it's so magical. So yeah, we're I'm so um, grateful to Jill for making that happen.
5: Came around to watch me break. Just
3: another.
1: So let's move on to let's stay inside. Okay. Uh, and that is that the Christmas song that that Dom sings on camera.
4: That was another one of those. Emily reaches out and is like, okay, can we get Santa baby? <laughs> I was like, I don't think we can make Santa baby hap- happen, unfortunately. Because Christmas songs are really, really tricky to license. And there are, you know, a lot of money. I was like, okay, what's happening? And so the idea, what she explained, described the scene and just the kind of vibe we were going for in a song, you know, it was like a sexy, a sexy Christmas song. And I thought, okay, let me see what I can do. And I listened to a bunch of songs and yeah, it was really, Christmas is tricky. <laughs> Christmas is really tricky. So I found a few that I thought oh this could work and then I thought I mean Adeline and I have worked together for a long time um and she's a really fast writer she's a really good songwriter she's a great songwriter um but she works fast so she's kind of my go-to anytime she's one of many go-tos if something's not quite fitting and I just thought oh could we custom make something and she's someone that you know, because of our long working history together, I thought, I'm going to call her up and just see, hey, we have this scene. We need a sexy
2: Christmas song. Singer-songwriter Adeline. And for this one, I think she reached out and she said, hey, do you have any Christmas songs? And I said, yeah, actually, I have a Christmas song that I wrote a while ago and released it. But um because she was like, well, is it kind of slinky? It needs to be a bit like Santa baby-ish. And I was like, well, it's definitely not that. It's like it's like Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you, Styles."
4: And I heard it and it was very upbeat and like Jingle Bells and, you know, Winter Wonderland. But I thought, oh, I really like the lyrics. And what if we just slowed it down? Like, what if we slowed it down? And so I reached back to her and I was like, this is a great song, but it's way too sugar, upbeat, poppy.
2: Could you re-record it? And I was in, in the studio at the time with one of my friends. And so we just sat down that night and I think we did it in like a couple hours. It was just like a fast quick pitch because you don't know if it's going to go through or not. Um, I wish that I could go back in time and tell myself like <laughs> this song is gonna go out because I would probably have spent a bit more time on it. But it was just like a very fast thing. And then um, it was really cool because then I found out that, you know, one of the characters was gonna sing it and that hadn't ever happened before. And then they said that one of them was gonna be doing like a like a strip tease kind of dancey thing. And then I just thought, well, I have to get that. <laughs> Two girls dancing for each other, sold.
1: Oh my God,
4: this is it. <laughs> so I had other ideas too that were great, but I thought, I don't know, this is something, but I don't know. Like it, it's up to Emily. I just present the options. So I sent them over. We sent it to Dom. Dom liked it. There was a lot of talk over the tempo and what the right tempo was and the right key to fit Dominique's voice. And so there was a lot of back and forth on... It's so funny, like as a viewer, these things just go by so flawlessly, but you're like, oh my God, all of the what we went through to get there. It's just part of filmmaking, right? So yeah, that's kind of the story behind that. And then Dom saying it on camera. Then in the meantime, I think Adeline had actually properly recorded it. And that ended up playing over the montage at the ending, which wasn't scripted, but it was like, oh, what if we what if we brought it back,
1: I was going to ask you about that because it goes from Dom singing it, and then it's mixed perfectly into carrying over into the Doc Kate scene. This is where where Kate turns Doc into a vampire. So you know, it's that scene is is heartbreaking. It's romantic. It's sexy. It's two. There are two very different scenes.
4: Really versatile song because it does play to the playful, sweet, sexy, but it's also kind of yeah, like bittersweet. It's it's heartbreaking. It has some hope in it, but it's also a bit like, yeah, it's a bit sad too. And I like that juxtaposition of just things falling apart, but there's also sweetness and jingle bells. And there's just, I don't know, I feel like we do, I love doing that in this series. Just a lot of truths at the same time, like juxtaposition, right? A lot of emotions going on in one scene and to be able to find a song that kind of plays to all of it is challenging, but when it works, it's really exciting.
5: Paper thin, away.
1: So now we're going to move on to a little song called Ghost. Oh. Yeah. Had you heard this song before you knew you needed a, a love scene song?
4: And the timing was wild. I feel like maybe she sent it to me a month or two before before it came up. Just like a hey, I have a new song. She's sending it along, and I was like, great, thanks. Can't wait to hear it, you know. And I listened to it and was like, oh, it's beautiful.
1: Like
4: it's just beautiful and so special. And because I knew her personal. Journey and story.
0: So, so getting ghosts in episode 402, what was that process like? That process was a little different
2: because the song had already been written. But what was really special about it was Andrea knew that it was my coming out song.
4: Yeah, I knew, I knew what she had gone through personally and just the journey she was on and her, you know, transformation and growth as a person. And it was really, um, just as a pal, like special, um, to know, just to see her grow and to have it come out in her music. Yeah, it was just really beautiful. It was a really heartbreakingly beautiful song. And so I was just like thinking, oh, it'd be so great to license this. But yeah, we'll see, you know, when it comes up. Like it, this is in my head, not like saying this out loud. I'm just like, oh, beautiful. At some point, I'm sure, you know, we'll find a great, a great spot for it. And then... Time passes, whatever. I think that she sent it to me during the hiatus. So I was like, well, I hope we come back, you know? (laughs) And then we're back. And message from Emily, we need the perfect song for this scene. And it was the big reunion love scene. That's all I knew. It was a way hot reunion love scene. The first song that came to mind was, oh, maybe the Adeline song would work here. And in my, I, the scene was not even filmed yet. And I knew it was the song in terms of tone. Like I didn't, that's always the, how sexy, right? Like what version of sexy are we going after? Is it sweeter? Is it, what's the tempo? Like, so I just kind of pulled a little bit of everything, but ultimately I knew it was going to be really like tender and intimate and romantic, and heartbreaking, and all of the emotions in one song. And so something in my gut just knew, like, this was the song. And then my inner critic is like, no, try other things, and you don't know everything, and whatever, you know, like, all the things that, you know, creative people go through in their head. Um, But yeah, that was the one I, I knew. I just felt really strongly about it. But I put together a playlist. I already had, like, a way hot playlist in the works and I'd pulled some from that and I just thought, wow, like any of these songs could work beautifully. But yeah, there was always something about that one that kind of stood out, but I pulled together best of the best, sent them over to Emily and just kind of wait and see. And there were two from that playlist that she felt really strongly toward and Ghost was one of them. And that was even... I feel like it was around the time maybe the scene was shot. They were certainly close to being in the in the editing suite. And then, yeah, that was the song that was cut to picture the whole way along. But, you know, we did our music spotting session, which is where um, once the picture is locked, we have a meeting with the composers and Emily and the producers. And we just talk about the music start to finish. We walk through every scene and there's music that's temped in. Um, and we just talk about like, do we like this cue? Do we want to keep it? Do we want to change it? What's working? What's not working? I like this song. The song isn't really working for me. Let's try some options. I love the song. Let's keep it. These are all the discussions we have every single episode. So for this song, we had watched the scene as a group on Zoom and, you know, speechless because, you know, it's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, everyone... Love the song, but again, it was like, okay, can we? Is there, let's try some options, right? Like, just let's, can we do better? And so that's my job. It's just like, okay, let's be, and especially with the scenes like this that are so important and have so much meaning, and it's a big deal to get it right. So I think it's not that we weren't feeling the song, because certainly everyone was, but it was just like, let's, let's just, what else? is out there and so I had tried a lot of songs and I spent a long time just really like I just wanted to get it right yeah I, th- I think I had sent a few options in um but Ghost was just the clear obvious winner it just was meant for the scene so um it was a bit of a just always trust your gut your first instinct is often the right instinct
2: you best lover. my favorite scene that I've ever been a part of and for so many different reasons obviously because it is so beautifully shot and so incredibly delicately shows the real intimacy between two women in love um, it's not flashy and it's just so so real and the passion is so real um, so I was incredibly honored to be married to that moment and and continue to be incredibly honored. And obviously for me, um, that song specifically, I really struggled to put out. Um, I felt like by putting out that song, I was going to be coming out. And so for when I first wrote it, I, I was very, very like much like, okay, well, that's a nice one for me. But it was starting to get to a point where like that was happening a lot with my songs where it was, that was a nice one for me and that's a nice one for me. And at some point you go, well, if I'm not going to start being honest, then I kind of have to hang my hat and, and sit and call it a day because uh, like, you can't keep reframing uh, why you wrote something. Um, you know, I thought, well, I guess I could say I'm an ally, but and I just no. So powerful for me because it felt like my most authentic moment in life. My most authentic musical moment, being married with this incredibly passionate, important moment for these characters. So yeah, it was like, sploosh. I mean, I don't know. Like, It's just like, there's nothing better than that.
4: Oh my gosh. Just the support for Adeline um, has been wild just to watch. I'm really happy for her and just happy the fans have connected with her story and And her
2: songs.
1: The next song that we want to talk to you about, Andrea, is All In by Desiree Dawson.
4: The story behind this song is so... I haven't really shared because it's, this is one of those magical stories. Obviously, again, another scene that's like, oh, we need an amazing song here. This is the proposal. This is so special. What is the song going to be? It's got to be great. It's the cliffhanger. It's, you know, it's it's our hiatus point. So gathered a bunch of songs that I was like, well, these could work. Cut them against picture these are nice. Just getting ready to wrap it all up, send it over to Emily. And I couldn't hit send. And I was close to a deadline and something in me was just like, it's good, but is it great? Like it's good. She'll probably accept one of these, but I don't know. There was just something in me that was like, something's missing here. What is it? Yeah. I just felt like, I don't know. I'm not crying. Like I want people to cry. <laughs> this is a moment. This is a big moment. And so part of me was just like the battle in my head of like, just send it. Just you've done some good work here. You have perfectly good options. Send it. Nope. Take a break Go for a walk. Think about it. I came back and I was, ugh, I just went back to like, Emily's original note on the scene and reference. And I was like, okay. Often if I get stumped on something, I often play the game. Like if money were no object, what, what would the song be? Like take just what is the magical song? And just kind of, I was listening to a few songs and then I was like, oh, forget it. I don't know. And then I walked away. And I think I was just on a Spotify playlist or there was a shuffle. I don't know. And I I left the music on. I was doing something else, I let it go. I was like, okay, I'm gonna send this at the end of the day, fine, fine. And then all of a sudden, the voice of an angel just came on. And I'm like, oh wow, this is a beautiful song. I wonder what this song is. No, I shouldn't go look at it because it's probably like totally out of reach and it's just going to be heartbreak. And I was like, God, this song is beautiful. And I was like, what is this song? Is she singing All In? And then I went and looked and I'm like, Desiree Dawson, All In? I'm like, this is a sign. And I was like, wait, is this a sign that's, is it too on the nose? You know, this is my brain, okay? Um, And then I looked her up she's from british columbia and she's an independent artist and i was like how have i never heard of her she's amazing beautiful voice beautiful song i really loved it was just unique i felt like it was just like a little different than what we would typically use in a way i've i don't know there was just something really special about it and i thought this is the song and then i cut it to picture and as soon as the first like couple notes played like the i uh, heard like vocal layery thing i was like ah, this is so sad i was like we're done we're done here i'm crying and it just normally you know you edit to picture sometimes you need to you know make some edits just to make it work shape around dialogue and just lift at the right points there were no music edits in this song it was just play There it is. And just the juxtaposition between this beautiful proposal and love and sweetness and tenderness, and just the heartbreak when we get to Winona and Doc. And it says all in, and I'm like, stop it. Stop.
1: Singer-songwriter Desiree Dawson.
4: My
6: inspiration for that song was I was falling in love with my girlfriend at the time, And it just felt different and special. And I haven't really ever released a love song like for anyone before. And, um, and so I, I just felt like when I first started writing it, I was totally in the early stages of just being like, Oh, this is so sweet. And, and the whole thing about All In Two is like, it is about the journey of vulnerability of how it's kind of terrifying. Like, it's like, this feels good. And it's like, okay, well now I have to be vulnerable, which feels kind of terrible, but then also being vulnerable is beautiful. But it's like, so it's kind of all the journey, the journey of like, I'm falling, I'm stalling like, okay, but I'm calling. And
4: now I'm now, okay, I'm all in like, I'm just going to do it. I'm diving in. everything lined up. I wanted the song to be by a queer artist. This is part of my job like representation matters. It's important to me and it was just it's it's the miracle song. It's it was a gift from the universe. And this has happened a few times in my career where I was just like, I give up. I can't find the song. And then all of a sudden, like a song starts playing and I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, that's what happened. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to email her really fast. I hope she gets back to me because I had to send it and I wanted to send it right away way to Emily but I just thought I can't send this unless I know we can do the deal because I know she's gonna love this and if I can't deliver that's not good so so I emailed her and she got back right away
6: I just got an email one day from Andrea saying like do you want to be on this I have this show and I think this song would be perfect for the scene but she didn't tell me what the scene was so I, she's like, you have to keep it under wraps because this is a really important scene. So you can't even like, say that you're going to be on the show until it airs. So I had to wait until the, that, it, that, that episode aired before I could even speak about it. And I, and I had no idea what it was going to be until I saw it. Um, so one of my friends who does watch on Earth and, and kind of has an idea of the fandom was like, oh, I think it's going to be a proposal scene. And so she kind of prepared me for it. And she totally was just guessing. And then it ended up being that. So I, I have no idea what I was getting into, um, but it's
4: been a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful, beautiful journey. <laughs> she was so lovely to correspond with and so kind to let us use her song. Yeah, sent it in. And yeah, sure enough, everyone, that's the one that everyone gravitated towards. And uh, I love when, I especially love when a male producer is like, <laughs> I cried. Yes!
6: <laughs> it was so magical. Like, it was just, I feel like it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time, like, have my music be in film and TV. So for this to be the first song that I ever I ever got a placement was, like, and the first show and the first scene, it just felt so aligned. And I just felt really grateful. And and also, I didn't know the storyline, so, like, I, um, I hadn't actually watched any episodes up until then but I felt emotional and I knew how important it was even though I didn't know the show and it just it felt really important and it felt really beautiful so it was cool to feel connected to it because I know it could have gotten on many shows that maybe I wouldn't have had such a connection with but that was also cool how I felt connected to it when I didn't even know the show that well and I was like okay this is special
0: That brings us to to our newest song in the list, which is "Won't Let Go" by Lindsay Ray. The Erpers immediately took to the Google and were like, "Where is the song? Who is singing this song? Where did this come from? Was the song written for the show?
4: Uh, the song was not written for the show, but um, it was not released. So Lindsay is a very prolific songwriter. We've worked with her um, a few times on different shows. She, Her publisher had submitted that song to me. I reached out to them and said, this is the kind of song I need. What do you got? They sent me a bunch of songs. And again, this scene, it was like, it's gotta be the perfect song. So I searched for a long time listening and... Um, I don't know. It Yeah, just from the first piano notes, I was hooked. I was like, this is a beautiful song.
0: There's never been a single day with you that I would give away even when we're
5: at the worst. Every up and every
0: down made us who we are now.
5: We had a few really beautiful
4: songs in the running, but this one just again it was just so intimate and um tender and just right off the top just tears right under nedley and i loved how delicate it was and romantic and anticipatory and then it just bursts like it's just a heart bursting with hope and joy and love, and when
1: you're afraid,
0: and you fly. i will walk you home. It's all
4: gold. I think that's just what we There'll all want, all right, right? Like just to, to hit all those cues. Um, so. So I felt like of all the songs that we had auditioned, they were all beautiful in different ways, but this one just hit all those marks. You wanted to go through that emotional
1: ride. Singer-songwriter, Lindsay Ray.
5: Yeah, when I found out that it was this wedding scene and, and, you know, the finale and all of that, I knew, I was like, wow, this is really special. I'm really, really lucky. And I just give all my thanks to Secret Road and Andrea. I haven't even met Andrea. I was going to say like your, your comment about how well everything sort of fits. I mean, that's a testament to the music supervisor, right? And to the people who made that final decision to say, yes, this is what's going to fit with this scene. Yeah. I mean, that's, that just, that, I mean, she's doing her job right. <laughs> and I'm just lucky that I
4: got to be a part of it that song was not chosen fully until like the, it was the last thing we did in our final sound mix. Like it was down to two songs and everyone was like, what are we going to do? You know? And I think Emily was also just like, she wasn't ready to make that decision until the end. When we saw everything together, all the sound properly mixed with all the score cues and all the song, like, Just we needed to feel the episode through start to finish before she made that call. So, um, yeah, that was like a few months in the making. I remember sending some ideas in November and I think right before Christmas, I was like, what do you think? (laughs) Do we have to go back to the drawing board? And she was just like, I'm not ready to make this decision. Um, and then in the new year, I think that's when we, we completed the episode and it was like down to the, final, like 20 minutes of the day. Yeah. But it it was worth it because also like I was so back and forth, you know, because there was, there were two like very different, um, ideas that were both beautiful, but this one I think just had all the hit all the marks. Like I said, I'm so happy that workers have been responding
5: positively to it. And I'm happy for Lindsay. Obviously, you know, I create the songs that I create because they're, they come out of me, right? So it's like, obviously I get the idea and I'm moved and I'm inspired and I create it, right? But when it does resonate with somebody else or somebody loves it, there's just no better feeling in the world. And they're not just saying like, oh, this is a cool song. Like they're like, oh my gosh, these lyrics are perfect for this wedding scene or they're perfect for, you know, this storyline of these characters. You know, I had some people ask me if I wrote it for the scene, which I kind of wish I could say that I did, but I didn't. This one is a way different reaction than I've ever seen before. Like everyone seems so affected by it, which is such a huge honor because when I wrote that song, I was just writing a love song, you know? I was just kind of like thinking about people that I love and just different scenarios of, you know, just, I don't know, just what that is to really love in that way and want to comfort somebody.
2: Go.
4: I live for this kind of magic because it's so special. It's so wild. Again, just being a person that works in production, just a few months ago, that was just like an idea in my head. I was like, maybe this would be the song. You know, and for it to get to the point that everyone is feeling it, we get the deal done, it airs, an audience experiences it. To love it, even just to go buy the song or, you know, to enjoy the song or find the song or send a little tweet like, what is that song? That's so cool. It's so wild. And the people take the time to learn the song and play it and make a video. It's just, it's so, I can't wrap my head around it, but it's really, really The coolest, the coolest thing to witness. That it has an impact on somebody means like I've done, done my job. There's meaning in what I do. It's not just like songs in a TV show. It's just like these decisions have impact and it's it's so magical. Especially in these times, you know, there's days where it's just like, what am I doing? Just like picking songs for a TV show. What is this life that I've made for myself? Like maybe I should try something else. It does, you know, something... Meaningful, you know, but, oh my gosh, just going to these cons and meeting herpers has been just like such a wild experience. Having people come up to you and just tell you their life story and how, you know, on a hard day they listened to the soundtrack and like X, Y, or Z song really like pulled them out of a funk or like got them through a difficult time. And that's just like,
3: oh my gosh.
4: It's so wild that a TV show can have that kind of impact. And so, um, yeah, just it feels really good. And it's just like another extra special reason why this show is different than any other show.
0: So Kat, here we are. We've finished our first love letter to the fandom. We've done five interviews totaling over seven hours of content and after many hours of collaboration and editing we have our first episode this is our music of winona Earp episode and we were lucky enough to get some of the answers to the questions that we had about some of our favorite musical moments and hopefully they were some of yours also it was just so fun hearing the passion behind the songs and what goes into what makes it into our ears and hearts. It was just, it was really special. It was, and it was just so much
1: fun to make this episode. We were so fortunate to spend the time that we were able to spend with each of our guests. So again, a huge thank you goes out to Andrea Higgins, Jill Andrews, Adeline, Desiree Dawson, and Lindsay Ray uh, for giving so much of their time and their stories and themselves. It was just It was so much fun to get to know them a little better. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more from our conversations with each of these amazing women, we're going to release the full interviews as what we're going to be calling the tapes. Uh, So you can hear those interviews in their entirety. So that's kind of cool. And we're just really looking forward to hearing more stories from the show, telling more stories, sharing more stories from the show. Uh, but also from you the herpers. so we need you guys so reach out to us what stories do you want to hear what stories do you have to tell because we need you to help tell this herper life
0: and you can tell us the stories that you want to hear and reach out to us by finding us on twitter at this erper life or by finding us online at this dot and leaving us a voicemail or an email